Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? Not much. Summer's here. About to come out of this lockdown, you know? Yeah, June 15th, right around the corner. You know, a lot of people are going to want to burn their masks. Yeah, you know I mean, what? I'm, I'm keeping mine safely put away just in case there's another pandemic. Because you know what? We all got the blueprint this past year. What happens when you are not prepared? So yeah. let's be smart, people. Yep, for sure, for sure. But how are you guys doing? How's everything going? Things good. are good, you know, yeah. good. Uh, NBA playoffs aren't what they were last year, but, you know, it's still basketball. It's still playoffs. And you know, we got the Clippers. We got the other L.A. team in right now. And uh, we got. Ooh, uh, I, th- I, th- <laughs> I thought they didn't count. I thought I thought they I thought they were like a make a wish. Well, they do count until it's the fourth quarter and Paul George doesn't make. Oh, that's shot. right. Yeah. Yeah. Until Paul George gets those um, overrated chance. And then he's probably like shitting bricks as he's missing free throws. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah everything's good we're good but yeah you know one one sour note of this postseason though is that our beloved lakers did find themselves on the on the early cruise um they probably had booked the july cruise but they had to pay the extra fee to get the their tickets updated to um early june um there is no way of sugarcoating it they shit the bed they they got manhandled by the Suns. The Suns wanted it more. They were younger, hungrier. Um, Kyle Kuzma forgot how to dribble. Um, AD got hurt. Um, Schroeder couldn't shoot. I mean, Lakers couldn't defend, you know. LeBron looked slow. I mean, there's no other way of putting it. Lakers got got handled. And um, now LeBron's going to be number six, you know. We'll, we'll see if that makes any difference this upcoming <laughs> year, but... What were your guys' takeaways um, from this uh, horrendous um, postseason showing? And I would say even if we look back two months, um, a bad final two months of the season for the Lakers. Yeah, to to me, father time catches everyone. It was was only a matter of time. You know, he's nipping at the heels of LeBron James. It's really evident, clear and evident now that – can't carry a team to the finals. We're used to seeing him do it, a young LeBron do it in Cleveland. Um, you know, he just needs more help these days, and the Lakers weren't able to do it. And, you know, it should be – what I think we're witnessing is a changing of the guard in the league where, you know, here comes the next generation. It's their turn. Um, I, I think with LeBron being bounced out, we are seeing that happen out west. For sure, for sure. Um, the biggest takeaway for me was the the role players. Um, the offseason, they picked up Schroeder. Um, they picked up the sixth man of the year, um, Marcus Sol. Uh, uh, what's his name? The guy Wes from Matthews. Uh, Marquette, Wes Matthews. Marquette. These day. role players, yeah, these role players, uh, they didn't step up when um, – the, the superstars needed help. And uh, that was the biggest factor to me because last year they had guys like Rondo, Dwight Howard, even Danny Green at times. Um, these players, uh, you know, filled their roles and, and, and they stepped up uh, when needed. And, and this year they didn't have that support system that was needed. Um, injuries played a big part 
Anthony Davis, groin, uh, Achilles, LeBron, uh, faking all the injuries. I mean, it's one of these things where, um, like what Brad said, LeBron needs help. And Father Time is undefeated, except if you're Tom Brady. So, um, you know, they have to reload if they want to win. Can they still win? Sure. But they need the right players. That, you know, they need another superstar. They need like a Damian Lillard or even a guy like Kemper Walker, who, you know, today the Celtics said that they were going to part ways with him. So that might be a good person to fill that role, being a third um, uh, scorer uh, for that team. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. I mean, the frustrating thing for me is, I mean, I knew some of these players were overvalued by the organization, but it came to fruition in this postseason. Like, God damn it with Kyle Kuzma, man. Like, I don't understand that this guy, like, get shot in the head and, and have emergency surgery and no one told us. Like, he couldn't fucking dribble. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't, like, rebound. Like, he he looked like the Monstars had taken his skills. And, you know, like, was he a part of Space Jam uh, too, and and wasn't told that his skills weren't coming back? Like, I mean, I don't understand. Like, he just... He, he, he looks like he just looks lost on the court now. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I understand that his role lessened with the arrival of LeBron and AD. I understand that. But his skills as a basketball player that he should have been learning since he was in, in um, elementary school, um, middle school, high school, like, th- those shouldn't just disappear because you get less minutes. And every time that it was asked of him to play a bigger role, like he just, he just seemed incapable of it. And when you see his demeanor, his facial expressions, he just, he looks like he doesn't give a damn. Now I get it. He's dating Winnie Harlow. He's living the life in Hollywood now, but here's the thing. Like you still have to show up and play the fucking sport, man. And I get that he's, maybe he's a little discouraged because he's always in trade discussions. Well, yeah, because he was the only thing that embodied a trade chip for the Lakers. So of course he was always going to be in these discussions, but you know, now like who is going to want to trade for him when they see what he, what he looks like on the court. And now that he's making 14 million a year, who the hell is going to want to touch him? He can't even dribble. He can't shoot. Looks like he doesn't care. I mean, so I, I mean, if the Celtics will take that, I'll gladly take the monster contract of um, Kemba Walker. They'll take back or, you know, special player on the on the on the roster um and and then you know they they also overvalued alex caruso like i mean they could have had derrick rose last year but no caruso's too important and sure he had moments in the bubble and even throughout the season at times he did have but he reminds me so much of Mat- matty delavadova like i mean he's a guy that lebron made bigger and you know and then the team just overinflated their ego and overvalued them to other clubs. And that is Alex Caruso. His deficiencies were shown with the lesson LeBron and with no AD on the court. When he was asked to play an important role, he could not do it. Couldn't stay in front of, of Chris Paul, couldn't stay in front of Booker, couldn't stay in front of anybody. And, you know, same thing with Schroeder. When he was asked to play a more important role, it made sense why he was on a bunch of losing Hawks teams and why the the thunder didn't really care to keep him he he he's not a winning player magic johnson said it right and you know unfortunately with guys like wes matthews and marcus all we got him two years too late 
Yeah, so, the, the the thing with the Lakers, what I see on this roster, top to bottom, is is there's a lot of complacency this year based off of what they did last year. Um, they were, you could tell that this roster was dependent on LeBron James and AD showing up and getting them rings, and they were just gonna ride their coattails. But really, what what happened out west is the West reloaded. And they got good fast. Players stepped up and realized that the gap between the Los Angeles Lakers and everyone else wasn't that wide and that they could close it. And that gap was definitely closed this year by this first round exit. And that gap is likely not going to exist next year if they can't reload and get talent on that roster. Yeah. And before we move on, you know, like, let me ask you guys something. Would it have made a difference if we would have had Kyle Lowry? Um, maybe, sure. but I don't know how much of a difference if you still have a banged up <clears throat> LeBron and a banged up AD. Like you still need then- more than three pieces. Like the deficiency we saw wasn't just, you know, one bad player. It was a roster full of bad players with two great players. I don't know if having two great players and a good player is going to make up for it. Yeah. And the problem is you got rid of dogs and you replaced them with puppies. Like, you know, like puppies that were not ready to do what dogs do in the playoffs. There's a reason why guys like Jake Crowder get paid 10 million a year. Jake Crowder does not do anything spectacular. He plays hard defense. He knocks down threes. And when someone gets knocked down on his team, he goes and punches the guy on the other team in the face. He he's a dog. That's what Rondo does. That's what you know. That's what Dwight Howard does. I mean, Dwight Howard can be considered annoying, but you know what? When he's on your team, he's got your back, and he's a fucking dog. And the only dog we had on our roster, we didn't want to play. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Montrez Harrell was like the one guy that would come in and be a dog, both on both ends of the court. But, you know, they preferred to play other guys that couldn't move. And, you know, it just so much didn't make sense about this team. It just looked like they like they were looking for a reason to be eliminated. I don't think LeBron wanted to play deep into the postseason this year. Um, AD definitely was banged up. And I just feel like this team was content with um, conceding and looking to revamp for next year. But. When Rob Polinka talks about like, oh, I like the way our roster looks. I know he's full of shit. He's just trying to say the right things, but there's no way he can like the way this roster looks. Yeah, if they and, keep this team intact, and, and it's not even a guarantee that they would be a top six seed next year. And if there's a one thing that we can take is we all know what happened after LeBron's initial year. The, the organization realized they needed help and they went out and got ID. I think the same thing is going to come to fruition and they're going to try and land a marquee free agent and probably a couple of critical role players. Yeah. And I think Kemba Walker would be a great option. He lines up an age with LeBron contract wise, and it gives him one last shot at, at another run. And before we move on six or 23, does it matter to you guys? Or do you guys think it's just a marketing um, ploy to some more jerseys? Attention dollars. That's what it is. He wants attention. It's LeBron. You know, it doesn't make a difference. He's not the guy in Miami. 
you know, if if he was that guy in Miami this year, they they would they would be they would be Phoenix, but he's not that guy anymore, and it's just to sell jerseys and get attention. Yeah, it's just attention. Everyone knows who the twenty, the true number twenty three for the Lakers is. Cedric Sabalos. Come on, guys. <laughs> Absolutely love that man. Double C. Uh huh. Was a play for the Mavericks and a bunch of other teams. But you know, let's move on to the teams that are actually in the postseason still. You know, um, the the Nuggets and the and the Suns. You know, the Suns have gotten out to a two zero lead in that series. Uh, we uh, we know the Joker. You know, he was named MVP. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna try his hardest. But do you guys think this series is where missing Jamal Murray is gonna really like come back to hurt them? I think so. I mean, uh, right now they're down 2-0. And um, I think the point guard play is is the difference right now. Chris Paul uh, is leading that team. And, um, you know, even though they have uh, Porter Jr. and Jokic um, and Aaron Gordon, I think the playmaking abilities of a Jamal Murray is something that they miss. And, you know, let's face it, last year Jamal Murray uh, played very well. And imagine if they had him this year. I mean, I think this series would be completely different right now. Yeah, I mean, this series is is interesting just because you can't really take a look at seating. You have to take a look at who's hot. And it doesn't look like there is going there's going to be much of an answer in the way of the uh, for the Phoenix Suns in this round. Um, it's looking like they're going to win it, wrap it up in five, possibly six. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it, guard play is definitely a big missing factor here. And in our other West series, uh, the Clippers really looked good last night against the, the, the jazz, but then, you know, that, that man, um, showed up and, and matched his number 45. Do you guys, do you guys feel like the Clippers have a realistic chance or do you guys feel like um, the fact that the Clippers only have one star and one wannabe star is going to come back to haunt them in this series? So long as they have Kawhi, I think that they have a shot. They just have to force it to a game seven. Um, Utah definitely has a lot more to offer than the Mavericks. They may not have a you know, player the caliber of Luka, but that roster is very well built. When you take a look at Rudy Gobert, uh, NBA defensive player of the year. I believe he got it, uh, this night, uh, t- tonight, um, Wednesday. And they just have playmakers all around. The jazz are a tough out and, you know, unless something miraculous happens with the Clippers, I see them advancing, you know, and again, six, six games, <laughs> Yeah, the, the Clippers definitely have a shot in this uh, series. Um, I think they have the best player on, on, on the floor in Kawhi Leonard. Um, Paul George is still there. They have Rajon Rondo. Um, Tyu made great adjustments last series versus Dallas, and I expect the same thing with uh, with the Jazz. I mean, uh, and, um, and it, you know, if they can contain Mitchell or contain the other players and let Mitchell do his thing, I think they'll win. Um, I think it's going to go, you know, they have the defensive player of the year in Utah and, and Donovan Mitchell. So uh, it's definitely going to be a long series. And um, 
but at the end of the day, I think the Clippers will take this series uh, just because they have the best player on the floor. I think the reason why the Clippers won't take this series will be because of Paul George. Like, once again, um, last night, when he needed to knock down shots in the fourth quarter, he did not. And we saw that even against the Mavericks, he was not the one knocking down the shots. It was Kawhi. At no point was Paul George stepping up and being the man. And he, he I mean, even on the games where he, he'll like, um, I believe it was one of the early games against the Mavericks. He had like 32 points or something like that, but they lost by like 10 points. It's like, he just, I, I, I feel like as talented as he is, he needs to have more of an impact when it matters. And until he can prove to me that he can do that, I, I have a hard time believing that they'll be able to hold down um, Donovan Mitchell and those boys. And the the Jazz won game one without Mike Connolly. Mike Connolly sat out game one. So if they could do this without Mike Connolly, I can only imagine when he's brought back into the fold, whether it's game two or game three. That's just going to make it that much more difficult. But once we move out east, um, yeah, Brooklyn looks freaking good. Um, James Harden got hurt really early in game one, and they have not needed him. They are crushing the the the, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, should we just concede this title already to the, the Brooklyn Nets? Because I can't find any team, whether in the West or the East, that can match them, especially scoring-wise. Can you? Can you guys? I like Phoenix against them. I think for, Phoenix might but give to them win the four best. games in a seven game series. Oh, Booker. Um, you know, if, if I I'm, love Booker and I, and I love Chris Paul, but like if we have James Harden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be tough. Irving, and Durant it, all at the same time on the court. It's, it's going to be gonna really be hard. Yeah. It, it's going to be Brooklyn in, in that series, but who do I think is going to give them the best series? It's going to be Phoenix out West. Um, yeah. They should punch their ticket out east but you know there's still there's still basketball to be played and you never know uh injuries do happen uh as much as we don't want them to happen we see what happened with harden um we all know how how injury prone kd is and we all know that kyrie irving can have a mental lapse and decide to go awol for for a month so a lot can can happen they seem to be in tune though they're the clear odds on favorite but the one thing I like out of this playoffs is someone is going to win it. Uh, half of these teams haven't won a championship ever. And the other half of these teams haven't won it since the 60s or 70s. So it's going to be a well-needed championship for one of these organizations. Yeah, we, we, we might as well give Brooklyn the title right now because they're smashing um, Milwaukee right now. And, you know, let's face it, Milwaukee has a two-time MVP on their team, and he's not even a factor right now. So when you have three guys of that caliber and one of them's not playing, and and all you need is Duran and Kyrie Irving to win, I mean, imagine when James Harden comes back. It's, it's, it's not even going to be close, you know. I I like Phoenix, but I don't expect them to to give keep Brooklyn. Up, yeah. yeah, they're not going to keep up with Brooklyn. I mean, when you have three superstars – and players like uh, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, um, su- surrounding them, it, they're really hard to beat. And yeah, and, and, and it's great. It sucks because 
you know, the NBA, you know, it, it's, it's very lopsided this year. Um, and even with the Lakers too, like, I don't think the Lakers would have competed with Brooklyn too. No. I mean, they just don't have the horse. Maybe gone to six. And that's why I think LeBron was so willing to just be eliminated, be taken out of his misery early on. So he could go, you know, yeah. um, do, do the promotional, uh, stuff for, for space jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn is just that good. And the thing with them too, is that, um, they're most lethal players, not even on the court right now. As good as Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are, they are not the all-around player that James Harden is. The ability yeah. James Harden has to just do it all. Like, you know, he can he can kill you anyway. Like, and he proved it with the Rockets for years. I mean, when you took him out of that equation, you realize how good he was. Um, I mean, we just need to see how bad the Rockets were this year. He he's a he's a lethal guy. I mean, that's I mean, Kobe said that he was one of those few guys that had that Mamba mentality, you know, and that and it's scary to think that just Durant and Kyrie Irving are causing this much damage without the lethal guy. So this three reminds me of, you know, that Golden State team um, when they were just competing with Clay, Steph, Draymond and just winning everything. It didn't seem like no one was even close to them. same thing with Brooklyn, you know, they're healthy. I don't think anyone's going to be close to them. Um, I do expect Milwaukee to be able to salvage one win. Um, and I do expect Philadelphia to advance against Atlanta. Um, and get, I think that one should be a tough out, you know, six games, at least bring it to six games. Um, but, you know, that that's a whole other series in and of itself. But, yeah, it definitely looks like Brooklyn is the odds-on favorite. You know, moving on to that um, Sixers uh, Hawks series, you know, um, the Hawks have been uh, were in both games, you know, and um, it's um, well, they were in the second game for like the first three quarters, and then they got out of hand. But um, they're definitely not going to be an easy out. I love the way Trey Young plays, man. He, you know, he's like a combination of like Steph Curry and like um, he's like a shorter Luca, like, but like. I mean, can you guys ever think of a trade that was more even than that Mavericks-Hawks trade? I mean, both of these guys just seem like they were meant to be on the team they were traded to. Yeah, both of them studs. You know, any organization would love to have them start their team off with those type of playmakers. Uh, yeah, real even. It's very rare that you get superstar for superstar uh, on this level. Yeah. But when we think of this series, I feel like the Hawks are going to win because they exposed the Sixers' main issue in game one. Yeah, Embiid can shoot. Embiid is a good scorer, but, like, their second-best player cannot shoot if his life depended on it. I mean, I I think Atlanta is is – I think they're a year away from being able to to defeat a team like Philadelphia – what you're seeing right now is an experience on, on the Atlanta Hawks. It's a young team. I mean, they've proved their worth, and they're going to be a contender to come. But Philadelphia just has all the experience across the board. You know, for the past two seasons, they've been out there contending, and, and this is a year that they believe that they can get it done. As much as I like Trey Young in Atlanta, especially those jerseys, I don't think they're going to have enough experience to pull it out in crunch time. 
Yeah, they, I don't think so as well. Um, I think Philadelphia is too strong. Um, it is it is disappointing that Ben Simmons is not living up to, you know, the potential that he has. Um, I think the the, the shooting um, uh, his shooting slump is not helping out. Um, I don't think he has confidence right now. And um, it's running off his game. Um, but with uh, with Atlanta, I mean, Trey Young is a stud. Um, I just don't think they have enough around them to get past Philadelphia. And um, I think Philadelphia has the shot to, against Brooklyn um, just because they have a guy like who can, uh, uh, who can dominate, you know, a game. And uh, I think uh, they're, they're way too strong for Atlanta. So on the topic of Ben Simmons, why is it that he hasn't developed a shot? I understand that he's a great passer. I understand all the other skills that he possesses, but he is a point guard. Why has he like, and it makes sense if he like, not everyone's going to be a three point shooter, but why does he not have a mid range shot? It just does not make sense to me. I mean, we have freaking center shooting threes now. You cannot tell me that Ben Simmons cannot spend the summer with a shooting coach learning how to fucking shoot. It just does not make sense to me. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's been he four years. He doesn't spend his summer with a shooting coach trying to shoot. All great players will add something to their arsenal in the offseason. You see shooters, you know, try to increase their percentage year in and year out. You know, whether it be 2 3%. We see it happen all the time. We haven't seen it with Simmons because he simply lacks the desire to get better. That's not in him. He's just not a dog. He's not that type of player who wants to add to his arsenal. He is very much like a PG3, uh, satisfied with the status quo and won't look to improve. He's not going to, you know, we always hear about Russell Westbrook, um, you know, hooping it up with, with, with Kevin Love in, in the offseason t- to get better. We hear about Kobe um, improving his down low post game with Akeem Olajuwon, right? We hear all these things. We don't hear it about this guy. Like every all the other superstars improve their improve a skill in the offseason. We see it. We haven't seen that from Ben Simmons because he's not that type of guy. He's not a superstar. Yeah, he's definitely he's relying not. on his on his uh, physical abilities and his and his gifts. Um, I definitely don't see him putting in the work that other players have put in. I mean, you look at a guy like Jason Kidd, who who was never a good shooter in the beginning of his career, and he turned it around at the end of his career. So, I mean, it is possible to become a better shooter or an elite three point shooter, but I just don't think he's put in the work. Rondo was never an elite shooter. But the dude learned how to fucking shoot when it mattered. This mm-hmm. fucking guy, they could be down by three. They could be, he could have the ball in the last possession and he would be afraid to shoot that three pointer. And that you cannot be a superstar and a point guard and not able to at least shoot in emergency situations. I mean, it just, yeah, like I will never call him a superstar until he proves that he is willing to put in the work. That guy's like, that actual superstars put in. I mean, like when we look at like the improvements that guys like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard made, they didn't come into the league superstars. 
you know, um, Steph Curry came in with weak ankles and um, um, some, uh, a lot of teams doubting his abilities. And he, that's why he dropped to the Warriors at like number nine. I mean, great players develop over time. And this guy just seems to me like he stayed in the same spot. I mean, Lonzo Ball did too. So, I mean, I guess it's not really a big difference between one and two, but with this guy, you keep hearing like, you know, you hear Doc Rivers make excuses for him. You hear a lot of other people say like, no, but he is a star. You guys just don't get him. Like he's more like magic. I'm pretty sure magic could shoot when he needed to. You know, he, he, he wasn't, he didn't shoot very often, but when he did, it made a difference. So I don't know. I just, I think that that's always what's going to hold back this current Sixer squad and beat is great, but I just think that the fact that their number two guy is someone that can't shoot makes it kind of hard for them to be considered a real threat. But now moving on to the Julio Jones trade. Boy, um, that came out of left field. You know, we've been hearing rumors that he might be moved. But, man, you know, it, it kind of ha- came out of nowhere. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think of the Tennessee Titans being the, the lucky winners and for a second-round pick, not even a first-rounder? Yeah, steal of a trade, uh, you know, immediately bumps them up in the AFC to be a Super Bowl favorite. Um and, you know, arguably one of the better wide receiver cores in uh, in the league. Uh, put him up there, you know, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with uh, with Godwin, right? We can put them up there with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, DK Metcalf and them boys. Um, they are, they've jumped into that level. And it's going to be scary uh, because they still have Derrick Henry. Uh, they're going to be missing some tight, tight end play, but... It should be really interesting for them. If they can shore out that defense, it's real scary. Yeah, this was definitely a steal for the Tennessee Titans, giving or getting Julio for a second-round pick. Um, I know um, DeAndre Hopkins was traded for a second-round second pick as well, and uh, the best thing about this trade is Julio's only 32 years old, and he's a type of receiver that, you know, his size with his size and his abilities, he's not, his decline is not going to be one of, you know, a a guy like, you know, Deshaun Jackson who relies on speed or, or whatnot. And um, I definitely think Tennessee won in this trade Um, for Atlanta. um, I think they, they got worse. Um, When you have um, uh, the tight end that they drafted out of Florida, I mean, um, I don't think, trading Julio did them any favors in terms of getting better. And um, I think that uh, points out the, the direction that the Atlanta Falcons are going in. I mean, I think they, they want to rebuild and um, Julio was disgruntled. So um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Tennessee has one of the best receiving cores and uh, you know, I'm excited to see what Ryan Tannehill can do uh, with Derrick Henry, Julio Jones and uh, AJ Brown. Now, do you guys think that, um, the the Falcons sold them for cheap. They got pennies on the dollar. Um, Absolutely. In return. Absolutely. Um, Atlanta was just willing to move on at this point. It didn't matter the price. They're trying to get the highest price possible, and that was a second round pick. Um, if a team was willing to give up a first, they would have hopped on that. 
But yeah, pennies on the dollar. They're just ready and willing to move on. Um, you know, they still have Calvin Ridley. They still have some young, you know, playmakers out there that are looking to prove themselves. That will definitely be interesting for fantasy purposes too. Um, you know, AJ Brown was one of those hit or miss guys every week with um, last year with the Titans. So who yeah, knows the, how that'll impact. The, the thing his... with AJ Brown last year was he was really banged up early. So you couldn't expect a lot of production, especially for where you drafted him. Fantasy wise, you know, he, he was going in rounds two through four, right? Typically around, around, around round three this year for Julio. I don't expect as many receptions, but because of how often Tennessee runs the ball, they're going to be Uber. They're going to be highly efficient and they're just going to have huge chunk plays and you're going to get Julio Jones one-on-one when they decide to stack the box against a Derrick Henry and AJ Brown is also going to get one-on-one coverage now. Um, you know, it, it makes it that much more appealing. It will definitely be, be interesting to see. Um, it's going to be fun to see the Titans this year. They'll probably get a lot more primetime games, I'm sure, now. Um, but now moving on to our final topic of the night, UFC 263, highlighted by – can you guys help me with the – I don't want to say it. I did say Marvin Vittori. Arasanya versus Marvin Vittori. Um, is it the strongest card of the year so far? Um, I do. I really like this card. Um, I think a lot can happen here. Um, uh, the fight I'm most looking forward to in this fight is Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. Um, I think that it that has every indication of being fight of the year. Um, Leon Edwards is one of those guys. He could be the next face of the UFC. He has all of the skills and talent to to be that next guy that we all consider. And Nate Diaz is just an entertaining guy. He's going to go out there and give it his all and give give the best show possible. That's the fight that I'm most looking forward to. I, I definitely love that fight. Um, Nate Diaz is a superstar. Leon Edwards is a up-and-comer who I think is very underrated. Uh, but the fight that I'm looking forward to the most is uh, Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno, too. Uh, the first fight was arguably uh, the fight of the year last year. And um, I expect the same thing with this fight. And, um, you know, they're going to it's not a it's not a grappling match. It's not a wrestling match. It's a striking match. And Figueredo has that power, uh, one, one punch power to knock people out. Brandon Moreno is kind of like Nate Diaz, where he throws a lot of volume and you know, can put it on you and um, it's going to be very, very exciting. Yeah. What I like most yeah, about this is the, uh, the bad blood between these two fighters. These fighters do not like each other. Um, you know, I'm surprised nothing has happened in any of this, the, uh, the press conferences leading up, but yeah, definitely one to circle. Um, one that I'm still trying to decide uh, who, who I would pick, but definitely an interesting fight. And remember, guys, Big Brother is watching. Um, if you guys try to stream it illegally, Dana White will report you. No, <laughs> you know, you, go ahead and do it. I, I've done it multiple times. Uh, Dana, Dana is still looking for me. But yeah, I mean, this is this main card is one that I'm looking forward to. You know, a rematch, Izzy. Um, 
same place. Uh, last time it was a split decision. Um, main card, I actually see Israel Adesanya taking an L here. Um, if, oh, before, wow. wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, based off of the last fight, split decision, extremely close. Izzy has gotten better, but I think Vittoria has gotten a little bit better. He's, he's progressed more than Izzy at this point. Um, you know, based off of his last win, uh, his last fight, uh, Israel Adesanya, um, yeah, it was a big move to move up a weight class, but he hasn't been that spectacular. Um, you know, nothing that warrants him being a favorite. Um, yeah, I expect that fight to be an upset. Interesting. Definitely be a good card. I disagree with you. I mean, I, I think Izzy is the better fighter. I think with Jan, he fought a guy who was a lot heavier than him uh, that 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 um, had a lot of uh, power. And I think Marvin Vittori is a decent fighter, but he's not on the level of Arasanya. I mean, this the striking level is um, very different. Um, Marvin is definitely the better grappler in terms of wrestling and uh, and takedowns, but I don't think uh, he will get Izzy down. And I think Izzy is going to knock him out and, and finish him and um, I'm not the biggest fan of um, Stylebender, but I, I definitely think he's the better fighter in this one. Yeah, I, I agree. Stand-up wise, definitely the better fighter, but I think uh, Victoria has closed that gap stand-up wise. Um, and I haven't seen Izzy tested. Um, you know, Victoria, he, he's had a he's had a good string of wins. You know who I think is going to be the real winner everybody watching yeah absolutely um it's gonna be a better pay-per-view than the last monstrosity we had over the weekend uh the youtuber versus the old man um you know if you, if, uh, oh little bitch stream that two, pay for this one. one yeah i i don't know but yeah, I, you, I i think this is gonna be a great uh a ufc So definitely make sure and check it out, everybody. But that's our show for tonight. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys have a, a safe uh, weekend. Enjoy the fight. And, um, hey, I guess we're approaching that that um, the 6.15. So let's all, let's all get ready to mask down, I guess. Yeah, happy graduation to, to everyone. Happy Father's Day. You know, yeah. summer, yep. here we come. It's going to be a hot boy right. summer. all right everybody peace out later hey